You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the metal coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. Today, we don't have a formal episode. This past week, I was actually in Texas, so I've been pretty busy. And of course, with the Easter weekend. So before I talk about the episode, let's talk about our partners. I do want to give a shout out to Project Resume. I want to thank the listeners who have gone to Project Resume and referred Medical Coding Geek to them. When you utilize their services uh, to get resumes, cover letters, professional development, you guys actually help support the podcast. So I want to thank you guys for that. Again, you go to projectresume.net to find out more. Please make sure again to refer us, Medical Coding Geek. I do want to give a shout out to the Coding Institute. One thing you may not know is that they offer ICD-10 coding books. Now, these coding books are exam approved, so you can go take it at the CPC or the CCS exam with no problem. What's also nice, if you go to tci.medicalcodinggeek.com and use the promo code GEEK, you'll get a really, really, really nice discount. Next up, I want to give a shout out to the Haugen Consulting Group. You can go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and check out their wide variety of webinars and resources, including their Flipbits. All you got to do is go to their website and use our promo code GEEK15, G-E-E-K-1-5, to get a 15% discount. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to RadRx. If you go to shop.radrx.com and use our promo code GEEK10, you get a nice 10% discount on their products. Now, if you go to their website... Check out their featured products, including their endovascular repair coding in 2010. It's an on-demand webinar. Also, check out Cracking the IR Code, a great resource for interventional radiology coders. And lastly, check out the online training system, Online Training Mastering Interventional Radiology Coding, the comprehensive online training program. This will help you prepare for the CIRCC. This is a nice 24 CEUs. So again, if you check it out, Go use the promo code GEEK10 to get a nice 10% discount. So today on this episode, again, I don't have a formal episode, but we do have Christina South. Now, if you remember that name, she was a previous guest on the Not Us or Classified podcast. She talked about her humble beginnings as a theater major and a dancer, and then transitioned into medical coding, and then transitioned into yoga. But one of the things I did not mention is that she also has a podcast. And today you get an opportunity to listen to it. It's called Know the Code. In this episode, she talks about the five common questions she's been asked about the medical coding profession. So without further ado, here is Know the Code, episode two with Christina South. Enjoy. are listening to Know the Code with Christina South, Certified Coding Specialist.
Hey there, this is Christina South, and I want to welcome you to Know the Code, episode number two. So I am finally back after being pretty much MIA since August and not recording any podcasts, but I'm excited to start up the podcast again and looking forward to talking about coding, talking about a little bit of mindfulness every now and again, too, and how it can help us focus at work and just be able to stay better focused in life. And so today we have got a great topic and it is the top five questions that I have been asked or seen asked to other coders in groups and forums online about the profession of medical coding. Now, before we dive into today's topic, I do want to introduce myself because I didn't properly do that in my first podcast. So, who the heck is Christina South? Well, first of all, I am a certified coding specialist with AHIMA. I have been coding for over 15 years with a focus in inpatient coding, inpatient rehabilitation coding, and I have also done ER coding, outpatient ancillary coding, dabbled a little bit in that, but I primarily am an inpatient coder. I work remotely from home for a great hospital, and I'm not going to go into how I actually got into coding because it's kind of a long story, and I had the pleasure of being interviewed recently by um, Brian over at Medical Coding Geeks and in his podcast, Not Elsewhere Classified. So I will post a link to that in the show notes. So if you're interested in learning how I got into coding, you can listen to that podcast because like I said, I will take up a lot of your time sharing that with you today. And I have a feeling you are more interested in today's topic than how I got into a coding career. So we are going to talk today about the five top questions I get by folks who are interested in getting into coding All right, so about the medical the first coding question profession. we're going to tackle is, and does medical coding make a great part time job. And usually this question comes with the following. I'm currently working full time. I like my job, but I would like to make a little extra money. Is coding a viable option for me to work part time? And the answer here is if you are new to coding and the reality of this is if you are new to coding, Maybe you have already graduated from a coding school or you're looking into a coding school to get into the medical coding profession. Working part-time is probably not going to be a viable option for you right away. And let me explain why. Most of the time, companies, hospitals, contractors are looking for seasoned professionals to take on part-time jobs because they know that it takes less training for someone who already knows what they're doing than it does to train a new person. This just makes logical sense, right? And if you are a brand new coder, you are not going to be used to working in the coding environment, working within a medical record, working with electronic health records, 
and it's going to take you a little time. There's a learning curve. It's going to take you a little time to be able to be at production standards, at accuracy standards. So in all honesty, if the only reason you were going into medical coding is so you can work part-time, this is probably not the career for you. You are really going to want to consider that you're going to be more likely to find a full-time job as a new coder than part-time. And even finding a new job can be challenging for new coders. And if your school is not telling you that, well, they're not telling you the truth because oftentimes you're going to find that most coding positions say they want three to five years of experience. Now, I am not saying that you will not be able to find a full-time job. If you go to the Medical Coding Geek group on Facebook, you will find lots of new coders who found jobs when they got out of school. Now, some of them found jobs immediately. Some of them, it took six months. It took a year. So you may be, you, you may be waiting a little bit before you find full-time employment. So just take that into consideration that it is a great part-time career if you are already a seasoned professional, you are more likely to get hired because they're gonna know that you're past that learning curve. You've probably worked with that electronic health record. You have worked with that encoder and you're going to know what you're doing. So you're going to get up and running faster on your own, especially if you're working remote. You need to be able to problem solve on your own and troubleshoot when you have technical issues. So. I'm definitely going to recommend that don't necessarily not look into coding, but recognize that for a full-time career, you're going to more likely find employment than part-time if you're a newbie. So let's move on to number four. So number four, the question is, how much can I make as a medical coder? Well, here's the deal. I cannot give you an exact answer. And the reason for that is because salary is going to depend on a lot of different circumstances. First of all, your salary is dependent upon your credentials, how many years of experience you have, the type of coding that you are doing, and also the region of the country that you currently live. So instead of me really going into depth about how much a medical coder can make. I am going to link in the show notes, Ahima's salary snapshot. And Ahima actually surveys their members to find out what the average salary of their credential holders make. So what you're going to find in this specific report is the average salary by health information management job family, you're going to find the average salary by years of experience, average salary by region, credentials. You will also see the average salary. Now, that was for all credentials that AHIMA certifies. So the CCS is one of the credentials that AHIMA offers. There are several other certifications within the HIM field that AHIMA offers. So you're going to see all of those credentials as well. 
but they also offer the average salary by years of experience and by credential for coders only, an average salary by number of credentials for coders only. I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> I don't know how that was worded much differently. Anyway, um, oh, that was by number of years. And then the other is just by the number of credentials for coders only. You will also see the average salary for job level, job setting, um, settings such as acute care sites, organization size, and salary changes in the last 12 months, salary increases in the last 12 months. So this is a really detailed report that you can get on Ahima's website. Again, I'm going to link this in the show notes so you can take a look at it. Now this is from 2016. I don't believe they have a 2017 report done yet, which makes sense. We are, it's just February, 2018. So I'm sure they will be coming out with that maybe later this year. So the answer to that is, check out Ahima's snapshot because it's going to give you a lot more information than I can give you here. So let's move on to question number three. So question number three ties in really nicely with our last question and that is what type of coding pays the most? So not only do most folks who are curious about getting into the medical coding profession want to know how much they make, but what type of coding is going to pay the most. And I understand that. And I really, to answer this question, I really want to offer this recommendation. Instead of being concerned about or focusing on which type of coding is going to pay the most, Instead, focus on the type of coding that you enjoy doing. I don't want you to end up stuck in a coding career that you don't enjoy. So if you don't enjoy outpatient coding, when you're taking those outpatient coding classes, you're learning CPT and you absolutely hate it, why would you take a job doing something that you hate for the long term. Now, I will say there may be times that you will take jobs in the beginning that you're not particularly excited about so you can gain the experience and then move into the type of coding you want to do in the long run. But that is different than simply taking a job because one job pays higher than the other when you know you're not going to enjoy the type of coding you're going to be doing for eight hours a day. That's ridiculous. Making a few extra dollars is not worth sacrificing your happiness. So my advice is this. If your favorite type of chart to code is inpatient, follow that. If your favorite type of chart to code is outpatient or ER ancillary or a specialty coding, follow that. Follow what you love in regards to the type of charts you enjoy coding versus how much money you will make. Because in the long run, in the long run, you're going to be happier. And again, the more experience you have coding, you will start seeing an increase typically in your salary. 
So you're going to start out as a new coder making less than someone who's been coding for 10 years. And that is typical with most positions. So listen, do what you love, follow the coding career path that you love and let the money follow. Don't get wrapped up in trying to find the highest paying job because the reality is in the beginning, when you're a newbie, you may be taking what you can get anyway because you've got to start somewhere to gain that experience. This is a whole nother podcast. Again, many of these topics I could break down into smaller podcasts themselves. So I want to say don't follow the money. Follow the type of coding that you enjoy. All right. So now that we have tackled number three, we are going to move on to number two. Okay. So question number two that I see often, is it coding just data entry? This one, I will be honest, actually kind of makes me want to pull my hair out a little bit. <laughs> and let me explain why. Coding is not just data entry. In order to be a professional coder, we have to understand not only anatomy and physiology, we have to understand pharmacology, we have to understand pathophysiology, the disease process, we have to understand medical terminology, and all of these classes would be part of a coding curriculum if you were taking coding classes because it is necessary. These are the basic classes that you need and will often be taught before. I know when I was taking classes, these were classes that I was actually taking before I cracked open my coding books or while I was taking coding classes. But AMP, I remember taking that before I even cracked open a coding book. So you can't just expect that if you become a medical coder that you're going to look at a chart and just enter codes. That's not how it works. As a medical coder, you are going to be required to interpret the medical record and be able to code the correct diagnosis based on what was treated. If things aren't treated, we don't code it. If it's not documented, we don't code it. There are many cases where we have to understand when we need to query the physician, which if you're new and you don't understand what that means, that we actually have to send a note to the physician. Usually this is done in the electronic medical record and the physician will receive the query where you are requesting more information on a specific diagnosis. And learning how to query is a process within itself because we can't just tell the doctor what we want. We can't be leading and writing our queries. We are coders and we cannot diagnose and we cannot suggest a diagnosis. So that in itself is an art form. So no, coding is not data entry. And if that is what you think you are getting into, you are going to be very disappointed because there is a big learning curve when it comes to medical coding. Because not only do you have to understand disease process, you're also going to have to learn the coding guidelines and be able to interpret those coding guidelines. And so just to kind of keep this simple, the answer is no, 
It's not data entry. Okay, so we are going to now move on to the number one question that I have been asked over the years about the medical coding profession. Okay, the number one question that I have been asked over the years about the medical coding profession is, I just want to work from home. That's, well, I guess this is a statement actually. It's not even a question, but it's, I want to become a medical coder so I can work from home. And this is another one of those hair puller questions because yes, lots of coders are able to work remotely from home, but here's the deal. Most new coders are not going to find a job right away where they can work from home. I know when I first started coding, I actually ended up working on site for almost two years before I was able to go home because of software issues. I was the lead inpatient rehabilitation coder and one of the programs that we used in coding rehab was not available remotely at the time. And so I had to wait. And so you really need to realize that you may end up on site for anywhere from three, six months to a year for you to be able to start working from home because before someone sends you home to work, they are going to make sure that you are meeting production standards for that facility. And they're also going to make sure that you are meeting quality standards for that facility as well. So yes, it is very possible that if you go into medical coding, that someday you may be working from home, but the likelihood of you starting a job from home right out of school is not likely. Now, I do want to toss this in. I have heard from some coders recently that there are a few companies out there that are hiring new coders to work from home, to work from home remotely with little or no experience. Now, I do not know what these companies are, who these companies are, but if you are part of the Medical Coding Geek community, you can go into the group and do a search because I know that this topic has been covered there. But I want to just, I want to encourage you, if that is the only reason that you're going into medical coding, you might want to reconsider. And Another reason I think that people want to work from home is they want to be able to stay home with their children. This is another big issue. It will nearly be impossible for you to make production if you're trying to watch out for a toddler or an infant and work because coders do have production standards that we have to meet. And so if that is another reason why you are wanting to work from home, coding is probably not going to be your best or top choice um, when it comes to careers because some companies I have found out, now I this has never happened to me, but I have found out some, um, pardon me, got tongue tied there, um, from a few coders that they actually had to sign agreements stating that their children would not be home with them while they were working. So that is another 
thing to consider if you are wanting to go into medical coding just to work from home. So I really hope that these questions and answers today were helpful in helping guide you as to whether or not medical coding is a career that you should pursue or look into. And I will be doing more podcasts about medical coding as a career. Some of these topics I could definitely break down even further. But for today, I did want to try to keep it somewhat short and sweet. And I was able to keep it under 30 minutes. So I'm really happy about that. But I will be back again. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. And also I am a tutor with Medical Coding Geek. And so if you are in need of tutoring services, please check out that website. I will have all of my contact information below in the show notes. And if you need to reach out or you have ideas for a podcast, for me to record in the future, please feel free to share that with me. Anyway, code on guys, and I'll see you again, or you will hear me again soon. Well, there you have it. That's Christina South and Know the Code podcast. Please make sure to go to soundcloud.com and check her out, Christina South, where you will also find the Know the Code podcast. Not Elsewhere Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. MedicalCodingGeek.com